the VCG podcast is sponsored by Forget Me Not Flowers and Gifts in Barrie, Vermont. Forget Me Not Flowers and Gifts is at a new location on Main Street. So check them out if you're looking for flowers or gifts for someone in your life. Everyone, welcome to the Chaotic Goodcast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I am your host, Doug Shute, and with me tonight are my fellow casters, Rob Collegian from a Pond's perspective. I feel pretty, oh so pretty. For those of you that are watching this live, you are getting the treat of looking at Rob's <laughs> charcoal mask, which he is going to be exfoliating um, a little bit later in the podcast. So if you hear some ripping and tearing and some swearing from <laughs> one person, uh, that will probably be Rob here uh, a little later. Uh, also joining me is Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. Christmas humbug. <laughs> <laughs> Artist, illustrator, story comic, Barney Smith. What do you call an elephant that doesn't matter and irrelevant? Uh, oh. They're not getting any better, Barney. I'm going to tell you that right now. And of course, the chaotic good cast would not be complete without our geek of the north, Jason Hunt. In the grim darkness of the far future, there is only Santa. <laughs> oh, man. All right, if this is the first time you are joining the Chaotic Goodcast, we are, this is a weekly uh, geeky roundtable podcast where we talk about all sorts of things from gaming to TV shows to movies to all sorts of things. Uh, we're just kind of sit down the five of us and sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Uh, but uh, if you are joining us live, feel free to uh, leave a comment in the, in the chat or if you're watching after the fact and you'd like to leave a chat, uh, leave a comment, feel free to do that in the chat. And uh, I'll be glad to uh, respond to that as they pop up. And uh, yeah, so let's get to our first segment. That would be new at the store. Ben, take it away. All right. So this week we had nap time at the store because we just came <laughs> off of Black Friday. <laughs> all business Saturday. Uh, no, uh, this this week is actually traditionally a very quiet week in retail. Uh, the two things that are coming up this week, though, that I wanted to highlight are the unlock uh, box sets that Asmodee uh, North America is putting out. There's the Escape Adventures and the Mystery Adventures box sets. Uh, these are repackaging of their first six games. Uh, now they're being put together in blocks of three. And uh, basically, it's it's almost like a buy one, get one free. Uh, the price point on these is really good. It's 30 bucks. When these adventures were, when they were individually, they were $15 each. Uh, so it's a good value on these things. Um, and it's nice to see them come back in, in a, into print because they've, they've got about 12 of these different unlock adventures now. And these first six have been kind of out of print for a little bit. So getting these back out there and into the market uh, is definitely a good thing because uh, they're a fun escape room-esque kind of mystery game. I've played yeah. several of them with both gamers and non-gamers, and uh, yeah, everyone seems to really like them. Yeah, I, I really like them. We've got a couple of them here at the house. Um, they're kind of a they're a one shot deal where if you play them, you can't. There's no replayability. You kind of have to pass them along to somebody else. Um, my question for you, Ben, is: Are they packed in a way that the difficulty is the same? Because some of them are a little easier than others. Are they are they packed like 
are all the easy ones packed together, all the really hard ones packed together, or is there a good mix of everything? It looks like they're releasing them uh, bundled together and the three that came out at the same time are oh, together, okay. the other three that are coming out. So you're going to get two, you know, you're going to get like an easy, a medium, and a hard in right. each box. So um, yeah, you'll get a, you'll get a range of, of difficulties with the, with these products. Nice. Nice. Have uh, any of you, any of the other casts, have you guys played any of these unlock games? Negative. I have not played any of them. No, I've played, um, what was it? Spin Masters Escape the Room. Right, right. But not any of the unlock. And I've, I've heard great things. Like I've heard they're kind of the, the best of the best. Uh, so I've been wanting to try one. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, we've, like I said, we've got a couple here at the house. Uh, we played them with, uh, actually, we played them with Sydney. Uh, Sydney went for, through a phase where she wanted to do escape rooms. Uh, pretty, She was like pleading with us to do escape rooms all the time. And <laughs> those things aren't cheap, by the way. Those things are very expensive to like, to do. It was like 30 plus bucks a person to do an escape yeah. room uh with with uh, with the family uh but this is a great alternative because they're like like ben said i mean if you can get three for like 30 bucks i mean we were paying 15 bucks a pop uh for just one early you know uh like a year or so ago uh this is a, this is a pretty good deal plus I, I would assume that the the packaging would make it so that it'd be a nice little stocking stuffer yeah it's uh, they're they're a little on the bigger side if they uh, if I'm looking correctly, just because they're three of them bundled together, you have to have a you know okay size stocking to fit this in. But definitely at that price point and and with these small almost pocketish games, they would definitely make a good stocking stuffer. Need like one of my stockings. Yeah, <laughs> it kind it kind of reminds me of those. Else. It kind of reminds me about a decade or so ago when they used to have those um, those murder games. Oh, oh yeah, the murder, 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 murder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We we still get calls for those at the shop every now and again. People are like, "Oh, I'm I'm doing a doing a party. Do you have any of those like murder mystery or dinner mystery games?" And we're like, "No, but we have yeah. something else that'll probably work for you." They uh, become a nostalgia thing now. Yeah. Yeah, and you can always find them on the cheap in those like flea market stores and stuff too. Yeah. Cool. All right. Is that uh, that's pretty much it, Ben? That's, for that's, new at the uh, store. That's pretty much it. Know at the store. Like I said, this is this is a really quiet week. Uh, at least in in my experience, everyone's come out the past week at at the black Fr- start of the Black Friday season, and we kind of have a, a week week and a half of everyone with their Thanksgiving hangovers and just waiting for you know. December to really kick into high gear and then realize, oh crap, I've only got a week left to shop. I better go. Yeah. Plus, plus this weekend uh, is uh, this weekend is is PAX unplugged, so yeah. a lot of the uh, community and, and gaming uh, uh, folks yeah, are going to yeah, be yeah. at that yeah. uh, in Philly this this weekend. Which which we we haven't mentioned yet, but both uh, Rob or three of us will be there at uh, PAX unplugged the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Rob, I know you you'll be there. Ben's there, and and I'll be there. So uh, if you uh, are going to be coming to uh, PAX Unplugged and you're listening to this, uh, feel free to, if you see one of us, you know, flag us down and, and say hi. And, and absolutely uh, tell, tell Rob how good his pores look. I know. <laughs> I, I should be glowing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that you will be a radiant thing to be old. <laughs> <Well. laughs> I, I, I love that term. You use like you flag someone down, like, hey, 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 stop, stop, come here. <laughs> hey, I, it's been, it's, it's, it's happened before. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I, if I'm not at like a demo table 
or like trying to learn a new game that I can then talk about in the store, I'm moving from one booth to another. So if yeah. you see me, you you do have to just be like, hey, 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 because <laughs> exactly. exactly. I've got I got plans. I I got things to learn. <laughs> I have to pack, you know, months and months worth of education into three days. <laughs> And I am I'm always down to take selfies with people. So you that's see, why that's why he's like, that's why he's putting the charcoal yeah, mask on. Yeah. He's, he's prepping for all good. the I got, right. the one thing I won't do though is I won't pluck the eyebrows. That's uh Oh man, I, I definitely man. I did that for my, I did that for my wedding. It was the only time I've ever had it done and I I cried. It's, it it's hurts rough, man. So it's, bad. It's, it's rough. It hurts so bad. They waxed yeah. them and then they plucked them, and like I thought, I was I was gonna die. It was it was that bad. You can tell that we're getting older. I mean, I just got my hair cut the other day, and the and the barber's like, "Do you want me to trim your eyebrows for him?" I'm like, heck yeah! <laughs> my, hey, the, the, some people get offended by that. I'm like, no man, these things are jungles. You're gonna trim the heck out of those. The, the, the lady that cuts my hair, man, she does it like it's it's not even yeah. asked anymore. She's just yeah, like, no. I'm gonna do it. This is like, like I, I need thing. to do it every single six weeks. Those things yeah. are crazy. <laughs> I was about I'm, to get out of the barber chair the other day and the, and she was ready to put the scissors down and she turned away from me for half a second and she was like, whoa, what was that? And she suddenly is like coming at my scissors or my eyebrows with a pair of scissors and I'm like, what are you doing? I need to go have this done. This sounds amazing. Oh, man. Like, I, would, I used to go when the beard was bigger and have that trimmed and they never offered to do my eyebrows. No? Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. A, it's a thing now. Yeah, yeah sure. oh, definitely. Definitely. Do you think I could get like my name like buzzed into one? I think maybe or some maybe, lightning bolts. Maybe yeah, I think I think well, they could probably do some sort of jagged uh, design there. If you just go, I, you know yeah. what, if you're just gonna go for it, I would just actually have Doug's name in your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> can they can they shape them so I just look angry all the time? <laughs> I'm sure maybe they can. I'll just get them shaved off and tattooed on. Like oh man. We had a girl that, that did that once at work, and it was odd. Did she always odd. look surprised? No, no. It like it just they were so obviously not normal. <laughs> like it was, it was one of those things, you know. Like like when I logged in here and I saw you for the first time, I was like, "Hey, every whoa." <laughs> yeah, there's that moment of pause that you always have when you first look at her. There's that, and it like they weren't bad. It was just very, it was like somebody, if somebody took a pair of uh, googly eyes and stuck them above their eyebrows, you'd be like, what? Oh, uh, okay, whatever. Hi. <laughs> you know, and that sort of thing. So now I know what I need to do next week. <laughs> <laughs> googly eyes. Googly eyes above uh, my eyebrows. Oh, <laughs> All right. I guess that's going to do it for the, do it. Uh, yeah. the, the, the eyebrow maintenance segment of this show, <laughs> also known as new at the store. Uh, let's uh, let's go over to the box office beat real quick and talk a little bit about uh, what reigns supreme in the box office this weekend uh guys no no real surprise here uh this was a huge holiday weekend and uh of course frozen 2 just dominated uh the, the box office again uh i know rob you got to cha- you got a chance to see it this uh this last weekend uh so let's Let's just talk yeah. about the. Let's talk about the, what it did, and then and then I'll get your thoughts. And you can kind of Barney, you can you can back uh, Rob's uh, opinions up if you want, or you can you can fight him to the death on on his Frozen Two uh, fight me uh, opinions. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so Frozen Two dropped just 46, uh, 40, 
uh, percent. Uh, it, it generated a little over $85 million over the three-day weekend, which uh, brought its uh, domestic total up to $287 million, and it is on its way to probably be the, what they say, sixth $1, million, $1 billion winner or earner for Disney uh, in 2019, which Damn. they might actually have another one once Star Wars uh, breaks here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty crazy to think about that Disney will have seven, might have, has a chance to have seven movies to break a billion dollars in one year. That's just, that, that just blows my mind. I can't even think about that. Um, it uh, it definitely uh, saw an increase from from last year, which uh, uh, it was up by thirty six percent from last year when Ralph breaks the inter- when Ralph breaks the internet was topping the charts. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just doing really really well, uh, guys. What uh, Rob, you got to see it? Well, let's get your thoughts uh, yeah. real quick. Yeah, we took the you know the whole family, so all six of us went on uh saturday night uh you know nice comfy chairs uh, about almost a solid 40 minutes of previews um <laughs> 40 minutes wow it's like, disney man so yeah it was a 510 showing um and it was i'm sorry it's about half hours it was five it was 540 when the movie started um a lot of good trailers which is cool Oh, excuse me. Um, but the movie itself was was not a disappointment at all. It was it was really good. I liked kind of the lore behind it and where they went with it. Um, I love Kristoff's '80s rock ballad that he got yeah. to sing, um, was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Actually, I will say that Kristoff was probably my favorite part of the movie because he plays such a non-traditional Disney male role in the movie. Um, and he kind of did in the first one, but, but this one, he is very much the insecure kind of, um, the reluctant hero. Yeah. Not, not even that it's, it's, he, he, he's really doesn't do much yeah. um, in the movie, but there's a, and I don't want to, I'd hate to spoil it. So if you haven't seen the movie, you know, you might want to uh, fast forward a bit, but one of the, my favorite parts is you know, at the end of the movie, um, him and Anna come together and, and she apologizes for something that she did. And he looks at her and he tells you, you know, he's like, it's okay. My love is not fragile. Um, and it was just a really cool moment along with this, this eighties rock ballad, which is basically just saying like, how much he thinks he's messing up and how he thinks he's growing apart from Anna. Was, he's a really great character and everybody is great um, in the movie. Um, and Olaf with his little crisis that he's, he's going through. Um, I don't know if it was, I think story-wise it might've been better than the first movie. Music-wise, maybe the same level. They do kind of make a dig at Let It Go, which is kind of <laughs> funny. Nice. Um, okay, well. Yeah, they, they um, I don't know, it was a really, really good movie, uh, and I highly, highly recommend seeing it. You know, that's a, yeah, I was going to say that was the, and I, this is, this gets down to the evolution of the, the, the quote unquote Disney princess genre that, and even just in the movie itself, and you know, it's, 
there really is no it's it's an it's an incredible it's a it's a it's it's an engaging movie and i'm surprised that we wa- i watched this such an engaging movie without there being like an actual villain in it like if yeah. you even want to say like the villain is like their family's past <laughs> you know it's like it's it's yeah, an intangible is, thing and there's a lot of Right. And there's a lot of soul searching. Everybody, the A plot, the B plot, and the C plot, everybody is, it's basically character development the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, other than the the kind of joke back at, at Let It Go, they do kind of joke about the first movie a little bit, which is kind of, of nice in a few places. But yeah, I, you know, I never even thought about that. There is no real villain. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it is, it is a little bit darker than the first movie yeah um there were a few scenes um you know my kids handled it like a pro but i was kind of worried my five-year-olds might get a little a little freaked out um but they all they all handle it but yeah surprisingly darker than the first movie interesting yeah. and i would tell us for those that i remember we were talking about it too looking at the the, the trailers thinking all right this is going to be like basically avatar i would say it's more like the fifth element than it is like avatar really yeah yes <laughs> yeah Interesting. Like, okay, I like the definitely. fifth element. I like that movie yeah. actually. Yeah, I know it gets a lot of uh, a lot of flack, but uh, oh, I think we it gets a what? What Who, you got? Who's giving it flack? Uh, it just gets a lot of flack on on uh, online. Like it's that it's like cheesy and like that the acting. Well, is the fifth, fifth element is cheesy. That's what makes it it's great. I know. That's what I love <laughs> yeah. about it. I, I love those type yeah. of movies. See, at sidebar, I would say the fifth element. If you really analyze it from a sci-fi perspective, it's the '90s version of the future. That's what it, it is. It was made in the yeah, yeah. You look like there's Very the much. 80s version of the future. Like you know, Back to the Future Part Two is probably the quintessential 80s version of the future. Yeah. And then you have like the 20 the, the 2000s version of the future, which is, um, you know, I, I haven't really thought that far ahead on this. Conversation. <laughs> Rob, Rob, how's that? Uh, how's that charcoal mask coming along? Is I, it, get, uh, I could feel it. It's nice and tight. It's not quite dry yet, but my it, I feel like Botox. Like I can't move my face. Nice, nice. Okay, no, that's good. Well, I'm going to check in with you every once in a while on this uh, <laughs> on this on the session. I got to keep um, looking at the time, you know, with my glasses. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's uh, let's get back to the top ten. Uh, number two was another movie that was a movie that debuted last weekend. It is called Knives Out. Uh, it's got uh, a lot of really great ratings. It's got a uh, 96% fresh rating on, uh, on, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, anybody hear about this movie? I don't think so, I've heard about this movie. I've heard about it only recently and I still don't understand. Is it horror? Is it comedy? Is it like, is it both? It's like uh, a dark but, comedy sort of idea. Okay. Jordan I Peele, I guess. Like, I don't know what it's about either, even after watching the trailer. It's like a clue type movie, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's a, it's a it's a comedy. Oh, it's a like homedy. one of those horror comedies. Okay. Well, and, and Jordan Peele's kind of been known for kind of like that horror genre, right? Yeah, the kind he's of like really creepy horror. Now, yeah. yeah, so I I can see how this this movie might uh, might get some traction and it probably will will probably do pretty well cuz I don't think I'm looking at the uh, looking at the top 10 and uh, there's not really anything in this genre kind of to compete against so uh yeah. it might do all right for a little while it'll hang out there for a little bit it's funny yeah. the this movie's come across my my radar from because uh, it's uh ryan johnson is the director and he did the the previous star wars movie and there's so many of the of the fans who did not like that movie who are just like well mm. see 
he is a good director. He just should never touch Star Wars. It's like, <laughs> oh, stop uh, it. <laughs> just stop it, people. That's, that's like people saying, I don't want to be a jerk, but. Yeah. <laughs> when you it's throw that but in there, you're planning to be it's, a jerk. You're just trying to make yourself yeah, feel it's better. It's like those guys that just hate the the prequel trilogy. You know, <laughs> those, those guys are horrible. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, number three was Ford versus for Ferrari. That only dropped seventeen percent. Yeah. I was very surprised. It's actually clinging on pretty good. Yeah, it did, it did go up by fifty-seven theaters as well, though. So okay, uh, well, it's still. That. I mean, it's it's averaging like over thirty-six hundred dollars a screen. So that's yeah. it's pretty good for its third yeah. third week. Doing uh, number four is a movie that I know Ben saw, and I'd love to get his thoughts on it. And it's a movie that that I said that I wanted to see last week. Uh, on last week's episode, it's uh, the the Fred Rogers biopic, uh, "A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood," and I don't even think it's a biopic. I think it's no, like, you, you yeah, can't I can't classify it as a biopic no. now that I'm learning more and more about it. Yeah, uh, Ben, you got to see it. What did you? Did anybody else get to see it, or is Ben the only oh. one? Okay, I really want to go see it, so I, I might have to go see it before it's out, out it's, of the theaters. But Ben, what did you think? It was really good, but it was not what I expected. I absolutely expected the 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 biopic of of fred rogers and and go in and like oh kind of see you know a little of the behind the scenes stuff of how the show was made and there's some of that in there but that's that's very tangential to the story that's actually told in the movie uh it deals with the the reporter that's interviewing him and his family dynamics and how how fred rogers touches that and and enhances his his ability to interact with his family and it was really good and i cried for the last hour of the movie um it it was it's very touching and and tom hanks does a great job with the it you're watching it and you're like okay it's tom hanks playing fred rogers but the essence is absolutely there um so it's it's it was good i just did not know what i was watching until after the movie and then i'm like wow that was not what i expected at all oh that that makes me want to go see it even more and everybody that that has seen it has said that this role like tom hanks was made for this role like people have been asking him to play that role for a long time now then, really? then what, what did you think of uh, uh, Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers? Did he just it, nail it? Or it, it was good. I mean, uh, like I said, you know, you he never gets you, you can't fill those shoes like it's never going. No one's ever going to merge so much into into Fred Rogers that you're, true. it becomes the same. But he does. He, he handles it well. Uh, you can definitely tell he studied the the mannerisms and the cadence of the speech and, and all of that and it's 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 good but yeah he he handles it really well and i would be surprised if he didn't get nominated for some uh some oscar or at least uh you know uh you know an emmy or something for for this because he does does very well with it and uh yeah it's good it's it's very good i I definitely was happy I went and saw it. Nice, nice. Uh, I definitely, it definitely uh, fuels me to want to go see it even more now because, because uh, you know, I, I grew up with Fred Rogers, so uh, I'm, yeah. I, I love, uh, I loved his show. You know, up until I was probably, you know, seven or eight, and I just think uh, it was probably, probably even at seven and eight, I probably should have been watching it, but uh, I still did <laughs> just because, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was a good it's, show. I mean, they touch on it in the movie, and they, um, that he 
takes you know a break for for a few years and he's and you know i can say this because this is taken from fred's life but the way they dramatize it in the movie um mr rogers says i stopped because i thought i had talked about everything that needed to be talked about and then as his kids got older he realized there was still more stuff to talk about and that line like that's today like we need to keep talking about these things um and yeah it was so yeah uh, seven or eight here keep watching it i'll go back and watch mr rogers again right now (laughs) absolutely absolutely uh let's see here let's go back to the top 10 now uh number five was queen and slim that was uh another that was another one that debuted last weekend i don't uh i don't think it did as well as it's it's an r-rated drama yeah which I don't really. It, it's got solid uh, cinema scores at an A minus. Uh, it's a good yeah, movie, it, just not. It's just not. It's a good movie ten years ago. Yeah, it's yeah. just the audience for that kind of movie is just not there right now. I'm and I'm not saying that it won't ever be again, but at this point in time, obviously, I mean, the box office is telling you the story right there. Total gross I mean, of sixteen million. Well, here, here's here's the thing. Uh, it only appeared in uh, just almost just a little under 1700 screens. So it pulled in almost $7,000 a screen. So that's a that pretty good average. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if maybe if it were in more theaters, but maybe just the, the whole, uh, the whole, you know, the top four are pretty solid pictures. So uh, it's, it's just a crowded, crowded. Uh, it's a crowded market and you're asking people to not go see frozen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a good, it's it's really what it, like you're saying. Okay, we leave the kids at home with a babysitter, uh, and pay however much that's going to cost, and go have a night out by ourselves, in which we are going to see a movie and then rush right home because babysitters are expensive. Or we take the whole darn family, call it a day, and do the thing. Everybody has a good time because we know even adults now these days, adults aren't looking at Disney movies and saying, "Oh, good lord, I've got to take the child to another Disney movie." They're like, "Oh, hey, cool." <laughs> There'll be something in this for me, and there always is. Yeah. Right? So, uh, number number six was Twenty One Bridges, which was in its second week, which it dropped pretty quickly. I think if that's not uh, it dropped like 30, 37.2. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, the the number number seven was Playing with Fire. Number eight was Midway. Uh, number nine is the Joker. Uh, which is still in the top 10. Uh, and it's only in just 1,150 11, theaters, uh, which is uh, pretty decent for its nice... Just refusing to let go. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's yeah, good. It's hanging in there. Um, so here's here's an interesting uh, interesting total. I'm just looking at the total gross uh, as of uh, for Joker for domestic. Uh, it's at $330 million, a little over $330 million. Frozen 2 in its second week, Two hundred eighty-seven million dollars. Yeah. That's, so, like, if that, that gives you, you any kind of in, indication, like how well this, uh, you know, those movies do over over like an R-rated movie that's like Joker. Um, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, but of course, I'm I'm guessing Frozen probably had a huge, uh, a bigger budget than than Joker is what uh, what I'm probably guessing. Uh, let's see here. Number ten, the last the last movie was Last Christmas, which I think is the only. I guess Frozen Two is kind of a Christmassy movie, but I think Last Christmas is pretty much the only right. quote unquote Christmas. The only movie. one that's got that true yeah 
theming to it. I mean, it's right in the name, so you know. Yeah, that's uh, that's odd. Uh, what uh, what comes out next weekend? There's not really a whole bunch in, this weekend. There's not a whole lot of uh, stuff coming out. <laughs> no one's lining up to be the thing that gets crushed by Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no movie studios that's that dense. <laughs> yeah, you're you're gonna you're just gonna see the ones like we said that like a few weeks ago the the movies that have to be out this year so you might at this yeah. point you either see the block the christmas blockbusters or what you're going to see are the ones that want to have an academy award yeah um, this is this is the time of year for that sort of thing I've, I've noticed that in the last several years this is when you release your movies where you're planning on getting an oscar nominee in there so the only new release for this weekend is the animated feature playmobile which is a French film based on the German building toy Playmobil. I, I, yeah, the trailer I, I had those. horrible. The, I the trailer looked bad. I haven't even seen the trailer before. I can't believe they made a movie about it. It is um, very similar to the Lego movie. Okay. And where they go to like different Playmobil worlds. Yep. Um, I'd, I'd watch that. But I mean, it was... Um, I don't know. When it first started, I'm like, oh, the Playmobil movie. This this should be cool. And by the time the trailer was done, I'm like, I don't need to see this. Yeah, I have a feeling yeah. it's it's not gonna do do well next weekend, but hopefully the budget wasn't really huge on on that. I don't know. They're, I'm looking at the voice cast and they've got uh, it's got a big, they, yeah. They doesn't Radcliffe, really have a huge Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> Megan Trainer, Adam Lambert, Keenan. You know Trump, what though? Yeah. Just because you're a good actor doesn't mean you're gonna be good in a voice role. That's fair. That's <laughs> yeah, fair. That's true. That's true. All right, that's going to do it for the box office beat. Now let's go to the pop culture corner where we talk with Barney Smith. And Barney has an interesting topic that he wants to talk a little bit about tonight. <laughs> so about, yeah. about, about a new Christmas favorite that we yeah. all should, should be watching and tuning in. So this, this, has, been, this has been up for bait since, uh, way since last year that the, the conversation has, has started. And that is that Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. Yes. So, what? <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. So, you, so this is the, uh, the point of it too is being is like when, when, when folks say Die Hard is their favorite Christmas movie. Absolutely. So let, let's just put it on the reason why people would, call, would consider Die Hard a Christmas movie. It takes place during Christmas. And, you know, and then that's that's extremely valid, extremely valid. So here's the thing which makes Iron Man 3, I would consider, I would say is even it, it, that it one ups it to Die Hard. And I want to say for the record, I consider Die Hard a Christmas movie. So the first thing about um, so there's there's uh, let's 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 call it um, um, uh, the the. Uh, a checklist five things that you would you would have that checklist on and would consider iron man 3 a, a, a christmas movie the first one is um it takes place during christmas so number one mark that mark that <laughs> off yeah mark, mark that off as gremlins Check. as well yeah oh Check. yeah absolutely yeah. uh the, the second thing is um so the other thing is it has to have that christmas feel you can have something have take place during christmas but doesn't have the christmas feel iron man has christmas decorations all over the place Iron Man 3 has Christmas decorations all over. So it does have the Christmas decor in Iron Man 3. 
So like the Stark Mansion has holiday stuff, all of his Christmas stuff on there. He, you know, you even have there the stockings are hung by the chimney, even one for Jarvis when he's in there in the movie as well <laughs> okay um, and he all right a giant giant bunny to pepper as a as a christmas present and and then also the other point too is that there is a a, a message of holiday spirit involved in there so and and this is i'm quoting this from a, an, an ad and a remote there's a um I, I i can link it in the in the notes um talking about that you know in, in the end Tony Stark saves the world. He's care, you know. He, what he does is like you have to have that message of that Christmas spirit, and one of them is having this selfless act. And so what he does is destroys all of his Christmas, all of his Christmas suits. His Christmas suits. <laughs> he destroys all of his Iron Man suits for Pepper. So he makes a selfless act for you know for you know for love in a way. And it's under other the things that he even says in the line on there, where he even says. Oh, what the heck! It's Christmas. He says something like that when he blows up and makes blows up in all of these um, firework displays of 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 all of his suits being blown up, and he actually makes a, a, a note on there about Christmas. Um, and and also too, it actually has um, Christmas music playing as well. So c- consider that along as like make that a parallel to not you know it's I see that also as there's there's a way too that he also is uh he kind of discovers himself in a way in the way that that Ebenezer Scrooge does in a way um he kind of goes through this process of of being selfless and frame being from this you know this it's this this rich guy to becoming you know he still is rich but that the the message <laughs> the message he has in there of what you see there with the backdrop of Christmas makes that probably the closest you're going to get to being a superhero Christmas film. As I put that on there with Die Hard is like your action Christmas film. I put that in there where like Gremlins is like your horror Christmas film in a way. Uh, and so I would, I, I would wager to say if anybody puts this on there to say, Hey, let's watch a Christmas movie and they like Marvel or they like the superhero genre. Iron Man 3 is probably the top superhero Christmas movie you're going to you're going to find. And to add add a, a pin to it and I just saw this. If you're anybody who has a Disney Plus subscriber, click on holiday movies, Iron Man 3 is on the list. No, no, is it really? I'm Are you serious? That, that yeah. can't be a thing. Oh man! <laughs> so if the mouth well, speaks, if yeah, that's true. yeah. I mean, that's if if that's, that's if the they're saying it, right it's there. if it's yep. That's we gotta just give it to you. That, that's well, no, I mean just for, I mean that's I, that's, I, that's Marnie's mic drop right there. Yeah, you could have just <laughs> led with that. Yeah, part. You could have just, just got, got that. Disney says it's a holiday yeah. movie. Oh, like, okay. So. <laughs> I want I was watching your guys' heads kind of shake back and forth as I was talking, yeah. and I wanted to end with that part. So, <laughs> well, I, yeah. I was also curious when it released. Uh, so I googled that while you were talking. It released uh, the beginning of May. So, yeah. the, <laughs> so the, the the Christmas motifs are very much a conscious decision. It's not just because we're releasing it in that time of year. That's they true. wanted it. They wanted these specific things they to be very to be happening at Christmas intentional time. in the movie. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I almost want to say that that is probably because they wanted to have that scene where he says 
oh what the heck it's christmas when he's blowing his suits up actually (laughs) because that was that was his big like he like barney said that was his big offering you know his selfless act and it was i mean yeah i would really say and you compare that the story arc of tony stark to uh name you know name any type of uh of well, I'm going to say Grinchy character or like, you know, like, he is really like the, like Anne Ebenezer Scrooge or somebody who he's, a, a he's going money. through this PTSD and he ha- he's dealing with issues with, with family during the holidays and whether the, you know, you know, the ghosts of the past of his relationship with his father and, 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 and then being, creating himself into like, you know, through the start of it, not necessarily, you know, you know, the, the, the beginning pieces of it, of with that uh with that with the boy i can't remember the that boy's character offhand um who really from a story arc perspective peter parker filled that void in further iron man movies um um the uh, harley that's the kid's name that the character's name that you know he's he, he's doing things in a, in a way as to you know give gifts there is that there there's that piece to it and as i say the backdrop the entire backdrop is during christmas um, I would say it has as a stronger argument for character, the character development of and the, and the characters within this movie as a stronger argument to be considered a Christmas movie more than Die Hard, for instance. Well, okay, no. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I would say, I mean, I would, no, put it, I'll put it this way. I like I say, I, I, I am not saying, I, you can't, I'm not saying you pick one or the other. I'm just saying the Chris, there, that, it has everything Die Hard has, plus, plus the 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 the, the message of Christmas spirit. Where Die Hard, there is um, there's no Christmas spirit. Uh, there is a lot of Christmas. <laughs> Doesn't he? Re- he reconciles with his wife. He realizes how much he loves her at the end. He could, yeah, I know, but you can put that on on on, on behind the, the the backs of you know Valentine's Day. If you want to do. I mean, it's like, <laughs> come on, you know, ho ho ho! Now I've got a machine gun. Yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, no, I love it. Let let me know if you're watching this and uh, you agree with Barney's uh, uh, assessment that Iron Man Three is the holiday movie. And not just Barney's assessment. I guess it's Disney's assessment as well. Yeah. So uh, let us know in the comments if, if uh, you definitely agree with uh, Iron Man and uh, Iron Man 3. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. And, and uh, Yeah, honestly, I think I might have to go back and watch it because <laughs> it's been uh, forever we're, since we're I've talking seen it. about it before the show, actually. I mentioned the, the giant bunny. I was like, okay, you know, that's that's, that's Christmassy. Yeah. And then there was the, um, the scene with the president where he's tied up through the, the Christmas light lines on the on that rig. And that was really, honestly, the only two things that I could remember as being Christmassy in the movie. But then he's pointing out all this other stuff about decorations and even... Um, yeah, I don't vice, remember much of that. The vice president, he's actually at Christmas dinner. He comes out of the room to take that phone call when they're phoning him, not knowing really? that he's actually the bad guy. And his family's all around the Christmas tree and everything. And like thinking back, I remember it now, but I honestly, I had just glossed that over. Hmm. Yeah, because I, mean, I think a lot of it is that we it's it's a lot of it is is based off of the the, the fact you know when you watched it in the theaters in May I honestly haven't um, you know watching it watching it again you know just recently I didn't really see it 
when I, when I first started doing some research on, you know, I wanted to watch a, a superhero, you know, a superhero themed Christmas movie. Cause you know, it's like, it's, I want to add it to my checklist of, you know, all my other holiday movies and <laughs> doing that research. I'm like, wait, a, wait, hang on. And then I got to some more read on it and like Googled, you know, like Iron Man holiday movie question mark. And then like, it's like <laughs> list of things of like, you know, you're like, you're like, you're darn right. It is. You're like, so. Yeah, all right. Well, no, I, I, uh, I, I think that next week you should, uh, next week you should try to convince another movie is a, uh, is yeah, a absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think, I, I think that's a, that's a great, uh, a great idea. Convince us that there's like, uh, I'm trying to think of what other type of silence of the lamb. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sheep weren't really he, screaming, or they, he, they weren't really. He screaming. gives lotion as singing. a gift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, it came man. in a basket. It's yeah. a gift. <laughs> it's a, a gift basket. basket. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's more. That's more of an Easter theme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Find Especially the holiday the, core of every of movie. The eggs in that one scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, that's gonna do it for the pop culture corner. Now, before we talk about one mass man. We're going to check in with our uh, mask man and make sure that that charcoal mask is still okay. What's what's going on over there? It feels Rob? like it's time to come off. All right, let's can, let's can, let's uh, let's have you peel can, it off can, and uh, Oh man. Like <laughs> Oh. Ow. Well, that's coming off pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh. surprised it's coming off in one you know what? One big piece, yeah. Wow, that there we go. Oh, I got a little bit. Of wow, look! I think you got a little piece on your nose there, Rob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have a couple there. of Klingons there. Yeah, yeah. I do. It, it kind of reminds wet, me. I think. Yeah, you know, it, it reminds spot. me. <laughs> look at his pores; they look fabulous. Wow, they look fantastic. What, what's it's, it yeah, remind you wet. of, Barney? It reminds me as you was peeling that off. It reminds me of that that scene in the Batman Returns when he. When before he takes off his mask, if he, here's a little, uh, there's a, there's a little continuity error in that when he takes off his mask in front of Catwoman, when he sit, figures out who he is, there's that scene before he takes off his mask, he has the black eye line. Yo, he yep, takes it yep, up, yeah. and then it's gone up there. Sure, sure. Yeah, so that uh, that came off actually pretty painlessly. Wow, is that something uh, something a new product that you're you're putting on your you're using? Uh, did you get that from Bernie's wife? <laughs> it was actually uh beatrice's and uh i was like yeah let's let's put that on for the podcast there's some <laughs> gross gross stuff on there it's yeah so well, I'm, yeah it, there's usually there usually is everything is content I, I, I thought it would be more painful but um yeah we were hoping it, it was gonna bad. be <laughs> we were hoping for screams and crying and you know no, now i put my glasses back on and actually see what's going on <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that we've we've unmasked one man, let's mask let's talk about another masked man in the Mandalorian moment where we're going to talk about the Mandalorian episode 4. Did everybody get to see the episode 4? Yes, I, I did. did. Okay, let's let's di- deep dive into it. If you haven't seen the episode 4, I'm going to tell you to fast forward a little bit. Uh we we don't want to spoil anything. Uh I will give you to the count uh, I will count down to Countdown to one from five, and uh, you, you, you've got your warning. Five, four, three, two, one. Episode five, The Sanctuary, guys. What did you guys think? It definitely, for me, it definitely had a different feel than the first three, mo- the first three episodes. 
let's uh, let's get your episode your four. Hot take. Episode oh, episode four. four, episode four. Sorry, yeah. uh, but but it was it was definitely a different feel from the first three, though. Um, in my okay. opinion, definitely. Uh, yeah. What what so did you guys I, think overall? Did you guys like the episode? So, Baby Yoda drinking soup. <laughs> that made it the best episode ever. That's now the new. That's the new uh, uh, meme that is all over the internet, or all the new yeah. whatever the gif or whatever gif is uh, that uh, is just Baby Yoda sipping some sipping some soup instead of uh, Kermit sipping, sipping some, some tea. So uh, yeah, it definitely was uh, definitely was different. Uh, what do you guys think? Did you guys overall it like I said it had a different feel than than the first three? Ben, what did you th- did you like this like this episode? I did like this one. Uh, I was surprised at just how hard they leaned into the Kurosawa, and you know oh, this, yeah. is, this is absolutely <laughs> Seven Samurai. Like they should they should basically have just had the soundtrack playing in the background. Yeah. At some point. <laughs> yeah um, but I mean, that's what I mean. That's what Star Wars has always been: is influenced by by the the spaghetti westerns, which were influenced by these Kurosawa films, which you know it's which it's storytelling led to the team which is yeah. basically what we watched you know and it's <laughs> yeah so so it didn't feel wrong to me it felt very right and, yeah. and I, I enjoyed it a lot i loved um gina uh, carano's uh character i love her i love her in general i just think she's super badass and- yeah i I, I i hope we see yeah. her sooner rather than later oh for I sure i really I, I, I really just, hope uh, it's. Yeah, I just posted an article that said that she signed on for season two. So. Oh, she did good. sign on for yeah, season two. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm a big Gina Carano fan. Uh, she, I, I loved her from her uh, MMA days. Uh, I thought that her career uh, pretty much had done what it needed to do, and and there wasn't really any re- really any need for her to stay in uh, you, the MMA world just because she was so dominant for so long. Um, so to see her take that leap from uh, when we've seen this quite a bit, we've seen, you know, mixed martial arts fighters go from, you know, the, the octagon to the, the, the big screen and, and some of them work out really well. She seems to, to have done really well as well. Um, so when they announced that she was going to be in this, this, this uh, series, I was really excited to, to hear that she was going to be in because, you know, I, I, I was really excited uh, for those of you that that, that watched it that, that haven't watched it or maybe you know don't care to watch it. Basically, the the uh, the Mandalorian in the child, which is I guess is what the Disney Star yeah, Wars people Disney are calling them now. Not, they're not calling it, the it Baby Yoda; they're calling it the child. Yeah, uh, they go to this alien, this off-world, really remote planet and uh, try to lay low. And they encounter this former shock trooper, which I think was really cool because it kind of brings in this element that, hey, you know, now that the rebellion is over, what are all these folks that were in the rebellion? What are they doing now? And it kind of addresses that. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. And uh, I hope that we get to see more of that because um, I, I think that that was a really cool angle to take. Um, Gina Carrero's, uh, uh, Carano's, uh, character was a former shock trooper in the rebellion. Uh, after that was over, she did some work and then she just decided, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to kind of go on my own and, and do the whole mercenary bounty hunter kind of, I don't know if she was a bounty hunter, but she was definitely, uh, you know, kind of a mercenary kind of, uh, you know, kind of work for herself. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was a really cool episode. Uh, what did you guys think about the whole, 
uh, we got a little bit more about the Mandalorian lore. And uh, what what did you guys think about that? I, I, I know uh, I, I, I have some issues with it just because I, I feel like, you know, they, they talk about how the Mandalorian doesn't take off his helmet and is not supposed to have it removed. Uh, and then, you know, Mando says something along the lines of, yeah, if, if I take it off, then I can't put it back on. And then like two seconds later, he takes the helmet off and you see him like looking out across this window at the, at the kids. I'm just like, what the heck? Like he's sequestered inside the building. Yeah. But they could look over to the window and see his face. No, it was tinted windows. <laughs> that, had, I just think that, it was, uh, that it, tinted it answered, window that wasn't actually there. Yeah. It answered a lot of questions, though. Like, you know, how does he eat? How does he sleep? You yeah, know, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's okay. So, like, he can't remove his mask and he can't have it removed in the presence of other people. But, you know, if he's alone, it's, hey, it's totally cool to, you know, make sure you don't have any helmet sores on your face. You know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just it's it's just foolish to think that they absolutely never never take, take this yeah. like that's silly. There has well, to be allowances. <laughs> here's here's my question, and and as someone that hasn't seen a whole lot of Rebels, and and we just started watching it uh, the other night, uh, Sydney and I started watching it. Um, one of the characters in the Rebels is is a Mandalorian. Like she's definitely a Mandalorian. She takes her helmet off all the time. Like it's not like a big deal. Like. Are we like like what uh, like I don't know? I just think it's kind of odd that all of a sudden we're making these rules. And do we think that that there there was some sort of change? Or do we think it was some some sort of I don't know, Ben? What what do you think? What, what well, I what's your hot take on this? I don't want to spoil Rebels too much for you, but uh, you're referring to Sabine, Sabine, um, yeah, in Rebels. But she's she's very much apart from normal Mandalorian culture. That's why she's with this ragtag group. Uh, a Phoenix Squadron in in the Rebels cartoon series, like she's kind of left the Mandalorians behind. She still considers it part of her identity, but it's not the thing that necessarily drives her. It's um, not her. Is it like not her religion? It's uh, plus we're also looking at at something that's happened. Uh, I don't have the exact. You know, right. It's, it's happened me, after Return of the 20, Jedi. Yeah, you know, it's it's close to close to probably 20 years uh before the mandalorian that rebels takes place if not longer um and they're always and in the mandalorian they refer to the great purge which happened sometime in between rebels and mandalorian and when you have something that's as rigid a code as this it really feels like that stems from something as big as what this great purge might be so i'm wondering if that's not the flashbacks we're seeing yeah uh, it i I, I think the whole helmet thing is a callback to some of the extended universe stuff um, and and referencing that, but I don't think it ties directly to the Mandalorian culture that you see in Rebels. Um, and I think it might be actually more of a survival thing or, or, or a way to give these very small enclaves of people who now refer to themselves as Mandalorians who aren't necessarily from Mandalore um, because the, they make that clear in this episode that right. the, the, the titular character is not a, a Mandalorian by yeah. birth. He was found and brought into. Um, so it's more of a way to 
maintain that unit identity now than it was you know previously when we've seen other mandalorians in rebels and and other uh media so yeah. it's 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 something that's going to need to be fleshed out i think worrying about it too much right now is not worth the time just enjoy baby yoda drinking I, bone broth i do Try i do it. i do enjoy it and uh you know it, it was it was a good episode i i don't know i think it was again it like i mentioned this the last uh, last episode where i was kind of afraid that they weren't be going to be able to keep the momentum of those first three episodes going i think this one kind of dipped down a little bit for me um i didn't still think it was a good episode but it just didn't seem to be as impactful as the first yeah, three it was it wasn't as wow as yeah it didn't have that that wow feature like, so I, did, actually, I did uh oh, oops, sorry. sorry i was gonna say i did i did notice though too on the imdb it did it's it, and it if chapter one got 8.7 chapter two 8.8 Chapter three, 9.3. This one got an 8.0. So this one did yeah. get rated a little bit okay. lower. So I think it's yeah. because a lot of people can see the TV plot in this. Well, I think yeah. it was very much an intentional um, choice to do the episode as they, they did it. And some people just didn't like how it was very tropey. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah like that is exactly it. It was the very tropey. With them practicing with the sticks. And, yeah. you know, but, it was... Just it was me, it was one hundred percent intentional and kind of campy and, and terrible. <laughs> it, it it definitely I I think that this episode is indicative to what the future episodes are going to be like. Right. I, I think you're going to have more of this. Hey, we're on the run. We're going to try to we're going to encounter new creatures, new new people. You know, and then we're going to also going to have to run away from the people that are you know that that are after us. Yeah. Um. I I think that that's kind of it was it was kind of sudden but yet it's like okay yep we we built this we built the story up for the first three now let's get into what the show's really going to be like and this is definitely one of the episode types i told you they were going to have oh yeah and, absolutely absolutely and, and and i i bet you the next episode is going to be him versus another bounty hunter of similar similar skill that's episode sure. five i'm calling it it's it's that's it's going to be the duel the duel okay. between two bounty hunters. Yeah, no, I, I think it, what I'm hoping, well, what I was hoping in the beginning of this episode was when they landed there and he was like, oh, hey, I might want to leave the kid here. I was hoping that that would be a jumping off point for them. Um, I thought it was too soon, honestly. I was hoping it was coming, but I thought it was too soon. That's why I knew as soon as he was like, oh, hey, you know, I might want to leave the, no, <laughs> there's no way they're going to let him do that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't think that. But he, he, they need to um find a way to make the show more about the mandalorian trying to be the mandalorian than a babysitter otherwise I, I, it's going to get really hokey really fast i it's, totally it's a, agree with that it's a trope that you see a lot that of like in comic books where like say wolverine was with uh um kitty pride yeah or with jubilee and it's and it's it's a it's a trope you see in role playing games too. It's actually a flaw that you see. It's called ward, you know. And it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's and it's okay as an occasional use uh, for a dramatic effect, but if if he's carting this kid around with him in every single episode, it's just going to get old really quickly. The baby Yoda's got to become a stone cold killer. <laughs> well, you got you got to stuff the kid in carbonite. Keep him on the ship. <laughs> 
He could be I, he could be like a bobblehead on the dash. In, in Lone Wolf and Cub, what was it? Baby Baby Dyro was the kid's name or whatever. Like he was a little badass. Like his stroller, the handle of it had like the two the two blades that would pop out, and he would uh, he would like distract people with his cuteness, and then his dad would come and just like cut their heads off. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is going to be awesome. So I, I, I think the one thing, uh, I think by the end of the series, I'm going to make my 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 bold prediction by the end of the ser- series because we're we're halfway through the series. I think by episode eight, we're going to hear this baby Yoda talk. I think I think it's going to say something. I think I think I mean because we know it can understand speech, we know it can use the Force. It's 50 years old. I I know it ages rather quickly. I mean, rather slowly. But I think that's going to be one of the big things at the, at the end of the se- season is that uh, baby baby Yoda or the child or whatever we want to call it that it's going it's going to speak. So did you? So I mean, I I, I that that could be a possibility unless it it would mean something significant that I don't. Or it could be a point where you'd have like baby Maggie talked at one time and then they just let it go. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't, I guess, I guess the point I don't see, I don't, I don't see that the advantage of uh, the, the baby talking. It well, I think, I think it's probably going to say something that like, it, it's going to reveal something like it's going to come out and like its first words are going to be something really impactful. This or, is the way. It'll be, it'll be a, a tearjerker. Yeah, It'll be so- a tearjerker, actually. He'll, he'll be like, I'm leaving this kid. This kid's brought me nothing but trouble. You take the kid, and the kid's going to turn around and say, stay. Exactly. Or, or like may yeah. the force, you know, it's, it'll leave, yeah. and, it, it, and, and they'll part ways, and it'll say, the, yeah. may the force be with you or something. I think I think it's setting up for something along those lines. Yeah. So it's going to be something question- profound, and it's going to be like, Baby Yoda was really watching after him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like, making sure his soul was saved. So that what do you? Th- I had a question for Ben. Ben, I did some research and reading about this. So, so the Mandalorians and the Jedi's were enemies for mm. a long time. Yeah. So, and then that's the reason why also like the Mandalorians actually a lot of their a lot of their gadgets are basically responses to uh, Jedi powers. And but then there was at one point later where they actually allied themselves. Do you, what did you have you have you seen anything that we um, uh, laymen would have missed in any of the conversations or any 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 that is there any dialogue or motions that you've noticed where it kind of insinuates any of that past history with no especially when um, the especially when the uh, Mando has actually watched him use the Force was did you pick up on anything that we would have noticed There's nothing that's really jumped out. Um... I mean, you can look at what uh, what the Mandalorian's armor is capable of with the flamethrower, the whip cord, the the whistling birds, mini missiles, um, and those are all very classic Mandalorian weapons, which you know were developed and implemented in most Mandalorian suits of armor for those, uh, like you said, fighting against the Jedi and stuff. But there's there hasn't really been anything um, overt, uh, and really the the only talk that has you know happened about it um was was back in uh i believe episode three uh when he's just like yeah i i don't know what this means 
you know, I, I don't, I don't really get it. So I think, I think with the way the, with the way the world structure is, has been, we haven't really seen Jedi's uh, with the exception of Luke uh, at any point uh, in the world. So probably there are definitely the rumors of the Jedi's coming back. And then, you know, he finds this baby that can use the force and he, he's probably heard the tales of the, the Mandalorian Jedi conflict and everything through the, and that's why he's like, I, I don't really know what this means. Does this mean Jedi's are coming back and we have to be on our guard or what? But I, I think it is very open-ended. There hasn't been anything directly referencing that uh, okay. from what I've picked up on. Do you think we're going to see the dark saber in the Mandalorian at all? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> um, only, only because, uh, I really want this series to stand on its own legs and not mm. rely on a lightsaber. Yeah, not not directly reference you know too much of of the existing world, um, or, or at least I should say not reference specific things in the existing world. Give us give us a new part of the galaxy to explore with this series, and yeah, yeah that's that that's what I really want out of this. At the end of it is is a whole another corner of the outer rim that we can play in. Absolutely, and there was your mind. Did you? Did any of you guys see that article that it posted on the Story Comic Facebook page about uh, that Star Wars fan? Star Wars fans aren't arguing about the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but they are. But they are now. But oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, they, oh, yeah, they will be for sure. So I because they would talk that the article is talking about that like literally since and the empire strikes back that like all, like star wars fans have agreed on the same like right. everything since then there's the star wars fans have argued about everything since uh it, it's funny what i'm seeing a lot of star wars fans kind of argue about or nitpick about this series are the like the western tropes that mm. the series is built on i love it they're, i they're, love yeah. them that's yeah, really, i like really the new weird that they're taking yeah. shots at that when yeah. that's what it, was it, built I mean, it just comes to the fact that most people who enjoy something are not an expert on it, and that's okay. I'm not saying you need to be an expert on something you enjoy, but realize you can just like something. You don't have to nitpick every little thing about it. And, Unless it's the yeah. prequel trilogy, and then yeah, the, you prequel gotta hate that. the prequel trilogy is just fine. I Some of my favorite lightsaber fights are in the prequel trilogy. I will give there yeah. are some pretty epic, honestly, epic, uh, that's that's the big thing with the prequel trilogy. They did the force powers and the, the lightsaber fights were so far superior to the middle trilogy. It yeah. was, when you watch them back to like if you were to watch them beginning to end like that, it's embarrassing to watch Alec Guinness and uh yeah. and david prouse sit there or is it david prouse that was in yeah, it was suit? it was he was in the suit yeah yeah just they're just kind of going tink tink so tink, tink. so <laughs> let me touch on that real quick because i've actually been watching some of the um uh the uh the um documentary that's also on disney plus about the original trilogy and everything and they were basically as they were choreographing that's fight you know they had limitations with what sir alec guinness could do and what david oh, yeah. could do in the armor oh, yeah i'm not um, saying they should have done better <laughs> but they basically it was they they kind of knew what these characters were to each other in the past so neither one of them really wanted to go completely all out um against the other because they both know they're both very powerful and they both know either one of them could end it in a second so they made it very deliberate you're just kind of 
testing and see sort of like a chess match where yeah it, when it, you do it, finally move it's the yeah. end <laughs> it was it was very intentional and actually there's an episode in in rebels which uh is one of my favorites and i hope doug gets to it soon um but basically uh darth maul will meet up again with uh uh obi-wan kenobi and resolve that and they it's a very measured match, much like Obi-Wan and Vader on the Death Star. It's not super crazy out of control. It's two fighters who know each other, who want this to end, and they deal with it quickly and efficiently. And it's a fantastic sequence. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I won't be able another, to kind of watch it this this week because, uh, of course, we'll, we'll be at PAX Unplugged. But that's because uh, another one of those the train down with us. I know. I'm, I'm actually driving train. down. I got I got product to. to well, he, had, bring he down. has a trailer now that he has I've, to. Bring I've with got him. inventory. I got to bring down with me. <laughs> but yeah, like this Rebels is actually another thing for me. Just like we were talking earlier about how there's all these movies and stuff, and you just don't have enough time to watch everything. There's so much stuff I want to watch right now, and I'm just like, I have I have to, I have to I've got like. Every morning when I wake up, I have my coffee. I sit down. I have like 90 minutes uh, to do something where I'm not going to be interrupted. And I'm like, I've got this list of things between YouTube videos and Twitch channel stuff and even watching stuff in preparation for for the podcast here or doing research for something like that. And then uh, there's like so many different things that I watch. I'm just like, I I just want to roll a D20 and say, good Lord, tell me what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Going back to the, the Mandalorian, there's two more things that I, I'd like to mention before we, we close the segment out. One, uh, going back to the whole Gina Carano uh, uh, topic, uh, I will t- tell folks that uh, John Favreau wrote that 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 role for Gina, mm-hmm. and uh, he he actually she was the only person that uh, he asked to play that role. Uh, he and he didn't even tell her what the role was. He just said, "Hey, Gina, I've got I've got a role for you. I want you to be in the Star Wars show that I'm doing, uh, the Star, Star Wars series." And she agreed to it, and not didn't even know what the character was. And it's so funny. You, you listen to her; uh, she did an interview uh, the last couple weeks, and she actually thought she was going to be cast as a Wookiee. I mean, <laughs> she she's a rather large, you know, rather tall lady, and and she's just yeah. you know she she's an ex you know MMA fighter, so she's got some 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 you know muscles and everything uh so it's funny to hear her say that uh, she she was kind of excited to to uh, play uh uh Car- was it cara dune is that what uh cara dune yeah. yeah um so uh, i thought that was, that was really the, cool uh, when when she had her armor and everything on i noticed how small her shoulder pads were because her actual shoulders are just so big. oh they're huge <laughs> they're, if she's i mean she's just just, just, uh, I don't want to say like anything derogatory. She armor just, on her. She just looks like she like blaster bolts will bounce off of her I skin. I mean, she, I would not want to mess with her. Let's just say that I would not want to, you know, make her angry at all because, uh, she, she was, uh, she's definitely, uh, a very, very, I wouldn't fit want and, be- and uh, strong individual. I wouldn't want to be the stunt person having to work with her. Oh man! Like how <laughs> inadequate must you I know? Be? Hey. Apparently, she just did a an interview. I think it was for Variety magazine or something, and they were doing what one of the fight scenes uh, in, in this episode that uh, and they reference and she 
went to kick a stunt member and the stunt member went flying and the director was like when did when did we put people on wires <laughs> like no we didn't yeah, she we just, didn't she's amazing. somebody call a medic <laughs> I, I am a huge huge fan of hers for for quite a few years and and so i was really excited to see her uh, get cast like i said the other the other issue that i have with this episode uh, and I guess the the, was, the other thing wasn't really an issue. It was more just a, a thing. Uh, the, the the one issue that I have about the about this episode was at the end. At the end, they hop on this droid piloted cart. Oh. <laughs> yeah. To leave the the the, the little village that's there. Yeah. All of a sudden, we can use droids now, whereas previously <laughs> yeah. in episode one, we're like, no droids, no droids. Oh, okay, yeah, let's just hop on this cart that's that's led by the droid, and and we'll we'll hop on a ride. Oh well, I mean, okay. you know, that, that's that 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 was a locally produced droid. Okay, he was buying local. He was so local business, local economy. Yeah, yeah. The, well, plus a, a droid yeah. can't. You know, it's not like a person who can then say, oh, hey, I brought this bounty hunter back here. Well, like an extra also, level of incognito. In the first episode, I think part of the reason why he doesn't trust the droid is because he knows those creatures are under the dang ice. He doesn't want hmm. a machine oh, just driving okay. straight past one of those things, not even noticing that it's there, while this other guy's got his head on a swivel with binoculars. But in this okay. episode, he's like, oh, we're just traveling through the backwoods of this backwater world where there's nothing important. Um, so okay. I don't care. Right. And, and it's not like the first time he hasn't hasn't used it. I mean, he was very friendly with the uh, the bounty hunter droid. That's yep. true. For the most part, you know. <laughs> friendly. So, yeah, I mean, quote unquote. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, I think I, I totally think shot had, him in the back of the head. Exactly. You know, Are but you sure it was uh, the back. His head was round. You can't really tell. And and can we just talk for a second about how originally I thought that when when before the episodes even released. Who here thought that the Mandalorian that was going to be like his sidekick the series? Like I thought that the IG88 uh, droid was going to be like idea. Yeah, I thought that that was going to be like his like like second in command. It definitely it I mean they never they never really hinted at that, but you know, we all like to think about these things and <laughs> we know they're both bounty hunters. So yeah, uh the the footage that they released uh, at Star Wars Celebration when I was out there definitely made it seem, you know, because it was from that first episode. Um, so, yeah, you're like, oh, this is going to be like a buddy cop. Yeah. Type yeah. Thing. Yeah. And <laughs> totally not that. It's yeah, it's it's to, they did a great job of, of keeping us uh, off. Guard, w- you know, keeping I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a sidekick for season two. Um, well, you, maybe you one have, of the guest characters we see in season one. I think Cara, I think they're kind of setting up Cara Dune for that. If 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 I'm not, she, she's, in the, awesome. she's in the last two episodes of this season too. She's in, yeah. I don't know about sidekick. Maybe like Partner. the cav. Maybe the cavalry. Yeah. Like I need somebody I can okay. trust and who can kick butt. And I know this this woman has helped me in the past. So you know, like oh, somebody's on me and Baby Yoda. I'm not going to call him the kid. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, somebody's really close to getting us or whatever. So I'm going to head to wherever the heck she is. You know, you think and... she's going to be like the Han Solo of this, uh, this series? Yeah. I mean, Where Han, Han kind of comes in and, and kind of saves the day, even though he's kind of all about, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, being, being a mercenary, you know, kind of 
doing it. I, yeah, I remember that bit where everybody's like, yeah, Han Solo is supposed to be this like heartless, you know, moralist mercenary. And yet he's he spends half of his existence flying around rescuing everybody who gets yeah. in trouble. <laughs> Are you sure he's really a bad guy? I don't think he's really a mercenary. <laughs> All Stop. right, that's going to... Yeah, go ahead, Ben. Uh, before, have... before we go away, I just want to give major uh, props to all those uh, kid actors uh, that were in this episode for not that's spoiling true. Baby Yoda. Like, how easy <laughs> would it be for Baby Yoda to be spoiled when some kid just goes back to school and is like, guess what I did? I Guess what I did today. I yeah, that's baby <laughs> like, yeah, like that would have been wildfire. And there was absolutely... Disney people following them around and every time they open their as... mouth, it was just like... <laughs> <laughs> Slap they, a hand. They, they, they were all just nose. privately tutored until... <laughs> Right. Until the episode's they've actually out. been they, in the Disney vault. <laughs> just Disney, let out until the episode airs, kid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just man. released from the Disney vault. All these child actors. <laughs> the NDAs have expired. They can now be allowed to talk. Oh man! All right, that's going to do it for for this Mandalorian moment. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. If you have anything else that you'd like to uh, contribute, as far as uh, what you had issues with, or maybe you found really uh, compelling about uh, the fourth episode, leave, leave us a comment down below, and uh, we'll be glad to uh, mention it uh, next next episode. All right, so the final segment of this podcast is is going to be a callback to the holiday that most of us on this podcast just celebrated. We we last Thursday last there was Thursday a I don't recall yeah, 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 here in the U.S. Uh, you know uh, we we celebrate this thing called Thanksgiving where we all give thanks uh, we get together with with loved ones and and uh, have, a, have a big meal for Jason it was just a, basically a Thursday it's the uh, only so. holiday of the year where we're actually doing something before America wow. <laughs> Uh, so socialized healthcare, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a holiday though. <laughs> uh, so I thought that uh, we, we would take this episode uh, and uh, for the final segment, we just kind of go around and, and say the things that we're thankful for. And uh, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, anything that uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, geeky or gaming or related. We can just kind of go around and just say, Thanks for, uh, for, for, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. Uh, just kind of let uh, the listeners kind of uh, get to know us a little bit more maybe as well. And, uh, you know, maybe we, we acknowledge something that we don't get to acknowledge uh, on a regular basis. And, and uh, if you guys want to uh, say something like that the, you're thankful for it, uh, you know, you don't have to go really in depth if you don't want to, but uh, I figured it would be nice to kind of, uh, you know, give a call back to Thanksgiving and, and talk a little bit about uh some of the things that we're, we're thankful for. Uh, does anybody, would anybody like to go first? Here we go. This is, I'm going to make it super awkward for that first super person. Awkward. Yeah. I'll go first. Okay. Rob. Uh, uh, no, I'm, um, as always, I'm thankful for my family, uh, mostly for just putting up with me in general, uh, <laughs> especially my, my wife who's, who's awesome and, and does so much for, for all of us. Uh, that pop yeah, art video yeah. was quality content. That was quality content, right? That was it good. Was, she was such a good sport about it. Absolutely, it was so awesome. It, it's like you know, it's up to like four hundred and something views on my Facebook page, which is you know for for my stuff, it's pretty good. <laughs> so uh, you know what I'm hearing, Rob? 
more pop tart content. I was gonna say That's, clearly. I was gonna clearly say more you, Beatrice content. <laughs> untapped resource. Well, that too. That too. Absolutely. Yeah, so, that, that's, yeah. Uh, that's it for me. That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, let's let's go to let's go to Barney. Barney, what what are you thankful for, my friend? I uh, I guess I I'm I'm thankful for uh, you know being a being a part of uh, the the victory condition game. Chaotic Goodcast for one. Wow. Well, brown nose. Yeah. Wow. Oh wow. Like uh, here's here's your... and, I, and see now I've Barney. I knew Doug. I'm gonna double your. I'm going to double your salary now. Ooh. Wow. All right. Another goose egg. I love it. <laughs> Add another zero to that zero. Yeah. Oh, I, I, well, you know, because of this, I'm able now to, uh, you know, I have now I get, uh, you know, I had Doug as a friend and now I have three new friends, Ben and Jason and Rob. Um, and Oh, and, uh, you're making Rob cry. <laughs> something, something that the face mask could not do. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would say just and I'm also thankful for, you know, obviously, you know, my, my family, my supportive wife and and my and my two lovely daughters. And you know, I just didn't and uh, hey, and I'm also thankful that I just came back from um my physical and I had and my my blood pressure is perfect. So nice. Score. That's hey, that's that good. Definitely thing, something to be thankful for. So I first thing I did is I went to uh, went to the my that local diner and ordered a salt sandwich to eat. <laughs> <laughs> that is the that is the prerequisite reward for that quest. Nice. But yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I got nice. I'm just thankful for a lot of things. But yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, ben, what uh, what are you thankful for, my friend? Uh so. In my personal life, I'm thankful for my wife. Uh, again, like Barney, thankful for getting to hang out with you know a bunch of really cool people every Monday night when we record this. Uh, I know is that I before? Is this before the podcast? Or is this... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't get to see really them cool people, and then he comes. <laughs> and I don't. I don't get to see them anymore. But you know, I'm thankful that that I do see them. No. Um, yeah. No. It's it's. Uh, it's good to to have these these friendships and these talks so that's something i haven't always had in my life so having it is uh-huh. is great uh, and i know i mentioned that uh in our private facebook chat as well but i wanted to reiterate it publicly uh too uh professionally i'm happy that this uh year of board games has actually been a little slower than previous years in terms of releases <laughs> Because uh, yeah. I can keep up on things a little better <laughs> and not feel so rushed uh, with everything, uh, which is good. Um, and and just in general, um, probably most of all, I'm thankful for Disney Plus and Baby Yoda. Because <laughs> without Baby them, my life soup, I am very <laughs> thankful Absolutely. for that. Absolutely. Uh, but no, a lot of great things. Uh, it's a great time to be a nerd, uh, and I'm definitely a nerd. So I'm thankful that uh, we we can live in this time. Where uh, where there's so much good stuff for us to take part in. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I totally I agree 100. percent All right, Jason. Even though you didn't celebrate <laughs> last Thursday, I'm, I'm going to make well, you. Uh, it would have been weird if me. I had just done this on my Thanksgiving. <laughs> just randomly, I'm so thankful for you guys. <laughs> we can if that's what you would like to do. No, we're not going to do that. Um, I, I am, I am, however, glad that I tripped over Alan Barr, and in doing so, I landed on Doug, 
<laughs> and then I found out uh, that Doug that Doug did a thing, and that's how I ended up meeting Doug and getting to know all of you guys. So I'm really thankful for that. Actually, um, yeah. this has allowed me uh, a really fun outlet, like being part of the actual plays and all of that sort of thing, has just been a really great time. Like the Victory Condition Gaming uh, Discord channel has been a huge outlet and inlet, I guess, for me for all things nerd related. So. It's nice to have a community of people that are level-headed. Mm. I mean, you get to a point in a lot of community. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's no there's no proper proper noun or word for that, I guess. But the people <laughs> that we have there are not the typical internet trolls that you see floating around making a ruin of everything they touch. You know, it's a good community of good people. Um, and I've gotten to meet like a huge extended group of friends through it, like Morgan and Tim and Kristen uh, and Lordy. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Um, like, uh, Stu, Stu, uh, Stu's on there quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, like ev- anybody who's a part of that, then it's funny because I keep tripping over people's names and then I realize, wait, I own your game (laughs) 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 or a game that you've worked on. (laughs) That's how come I know you now. I remember, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, uh, and the, and of course the usual things, my, my wife, my mom, my general good health, my job, you know, (laughs) absolutely. everything that makes me able to be here with you guys every week is, is something I'm thankful for. I I totally agree. Uh, I am, I am very, uh, of course, I, I'm very thankful for for my family. Um, you know, it's it's this whole uh, this whole VCG started with with me and my daughter uh, just kind of filming videos, just you know, because uh, I don't know if, if folks are, are familiar with with the whole history behind uh, Victory Condition Gaming, but um, it was me and my daughter. Uh, my daughter was very proficient in reading. Uh, she's been a she learned to read when she was two and a half. Um, oh and and we didn't teach her she learned on her own which was amazing um and she went into kindergarten with an eighth grade reading level like they, wow. that's we, t- we tested her because she was just so far yeah she she could read up to an eighth grade reading level but she couldn't she couldn't understand um what she was reading so she was very 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 you know advanced for for that and even after you know second third grade uh, she was in like she's got a past high school reading level um, now it's 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 just it's just amazing um, which I'm very very you know I, I, I'm very fortunate in, in that regard um, but you know when a, a kid when a child is is very advanced in, in some areas a lot of times they're behind in a lot of areas and one thing that, that Sydney was behind uh with and, and I'm going to get a little personal and, and just kind of tell you a little bit about what what Sydney was do, dealing with when she was growing up. She had a lot of um, difficulty with math and she had a, a, some difficulty with social issues. And she's you know and, and you know that was that was really tough. Um, of course, Sydney's an only child, so that was kind of uh, it was kind of hard as to how do you teach you know five six year old who's really, really smart and, and can read like crazy and read these huge words, May, might not understand them, but she can read them and she can, most of the time she can understand kind of what they're about because she knows how they're placed in the sentence and all this. But yet, you know, math is still a stumbling block and, and getting in relating to other kids her age was a stumbling block. 
you know, or just relating to kids in general is a stumbling block. So we decided that, that you know what, we should probably sit down and, and maybe just introduce board games to her. You know, and so we started playing a lot of board games and we decided that, you know, hey, you know what? It's kind of entertaining. Let's film some videos and put them up on YouTube. And and uh, we had a good time with that. Um, I never would have thought back then, and we've been doing this for, you know, four, almost five years now. Um, I never would have thought that, that the show would, would become what it has. And I'm really extremely grateful for... Um, and thankful for the community that has, you know, embraced what we've become here on the show. Um, and, and all the folks that uh, are just pillars of, of everything that, that, that this show stands for. Um, you know, Jason, I, every, every single one of you guys are, are on, on the, the, this group or in this group for a reason, because, you know, I, I appreciate everything that you, that, you guys are everything that you guys are and what you bring to the show and and that goes also for everybody that, that contributes to the actual plays you know everybody is on this show for a reason on these shows for a reason and because you know i think you're super talented i think that you're super funny you know i think you've got a great personality you know i and you're a friend and i'm super super thankful for that and you know nobody is just on my show for no reason at all. It, it, you know, it's everybody's there because I really enjoy you. And I am so thankful that I have all of you in my life and I am thankful for this, this community that's, that's come around the show. And, and, you know, I, I don't want to get too sappy, but uh, it's definitely grown into <laughs> grown into a lot more than, than what I anticipated. And, and uh, I can't thank, can't thank folks enough. You know, I, I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I thank every, I thank each of you guys for for being a part of this crazy podcast that we started. I can't believe that this is going to be episode twenty eight, with with the exception of a, a couple a couple lost episodes there along the way. But uh, you know, twenty eight episodes for for uh, we're going to probably end this season with with or the first year with with thirty episodes plus. I think uh, at this point, uh, which is uh, really awesome, and uh, I really appreciate. Uh, appreciate you coming along the ride for uh, this chaotic good cast uh, i wasn't really sure how well it was gonna you know whenever i whenever i add something new to the show it's it's always kind of a gamble and <laughs> and you kind of like wonder how it's going to uh, how it's going to relate to folks and and uh i Throw really pre- oh wait people like it <laughs> yeah yeah you know you're oh, not no. sure it's it's not our typical content for vcg and and uh you know i thought it was going to be kind of neat to kind of do like a, a a pop culture kind of uh potpourri kind of uh podcast i guess i don't know yes, what we are to... very we are very fragrant yeah i don't i don't know we're just like a mix of different uh you know sense or whatever a mixed but, bag uh, of nuts is what we yeah, are <laughs> absolutely uh but i really uh, i really appreciate it and i think i'm thankful for thankful for the show i'm, I'm thankful for uh, my wife i'm thankful for my friends i'm thankful for the community that, that we have that's thank you Thank you very much for, for everything that, that everybody that, that's listening. Thank you very much. All the guys that are here. Thank you very much for being a part of this. And, and uh, uh, if I see you at PAX Unplugged, if you see me at PAX Unplugged or you see any of us at PAX Unplugged, uh, feel free to, like I said, flag us down and, and uh, you know, I'll be glad to say thank you in person as well. Because, He'll give you a free Pop-Tart. 
I will actually, you know what I will? I will have free I will have free VCG dice on me. So if people see me at uh, PAX Unplugged, I gotta get him. I gotta get him. And and you have your dump stat T on or any kind of VCG apparel. Uh, just let, uh, I'll I'll uh, fly you down and give you a, a free pair of VCG dice and uh, yeah. I'm, wait, wait. What are the what are the criteria there? If you see them and they have the apparel on, if they have the apparel on, yeah. Okay, somebody take a screenshot <laughs> and show it to Doug, so he has to send me dice. <laughs> Be a good time to show off my new dump stat T chest tattoo. <laughs> there you go. They, I'm not paying oh. for that though. <laughs> you you will if he shows it to you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, there I'll will be, be a price, Doug. Yeah, there's <laughs> always a price. That, that'll be a very high price. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, I guess that's going to do it for this episode of the Picatic Goodcast. Uh, it was definitely chaotic, but it was so good. Uh, I want to thank uh, Rob Collegian, Ben Higgins, Barney Smith, and Jason Hunt for being a part of the Chaotic Goodcast. We'll see you next week. Now there's no Ben Pants song because yeah we got we're working on something big well, yeah we big, have a, we have a big, there's a stage production in the works pants. <laughs> that's right <laughs> the big and tall I, pants I, so I just want to prep you guys I think so my my next week I'm going to, I'm going to my, my argument is that Batman Returns is a Christmas movie oh man. that I, yeah I that definitely that is definitely a Christmas I, yeah movie. you will not have a problem defending that one <laughs> yeah. <laughs>